everyone. Welcome to the Sea Road Community Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm so excited today. Typically, we have our podcast highlighting just our different Sunday teachings that are happening, but every once in a while, we've got a, a golden nugget for you where we highlight a story, an individual, something that's happening in our region or whatever, and it's just really exciting to be able to bring one of those moments to you today. I am with Phil Brennan. Phil, hello today. Hi, Jason. I've uh, never been referred to as a golden nugget, so thanks for that. <laughs> golden nugget, rock star, you name it. And today, <laughs> Phil, he is going to share a little bit about uh, just himself and just everything that we have related to video ministry, because this is a really incredible story, how Phil has been involved in this ministry here at a church for a very long time. But before we get into that, Phil, Sometimes people don't know people behind the camera, so to speak. So what would you tell us about who Phil Brennan is? I've, uh, well, I'm retired. I retired in uh, 2014. I worked most of my uh, working career in retail at uh, Canadian Tire, Beaver Lumber, and uh, Rona. Uh, since I've been retired, I've gotten involved with videos at the church and it's been quite a hobby and I, I work with uh, the Brockville Braves on some video stuff there as well. I like to uh, do a lot of bicycling and I do a lot of kayaking and that keeps me busy. Yes it does and, and ladies and gentlemen I got to tell you when Phil says he does a little bit of kayaking and biking um, I mean his definition of a little is different than yours or mine like my little bike ride might be five kilometers. Phil's little bike ride is like 45 kilometers. That's a little one for Phil. He loves getting out there and enjoying the outdoors. Uh, Phil, you mentioned that you've been involved in video ministry here at Sea Road for quite some time. Tell me a little bit more about that because it, it's been a long while and talk about what it looked like in the early days to kind of film and capture story uh, with video. Uh, it started in 1997. Uh, Paul Armstrong set up a camera on the balcony in what is now the gym, the gymnasium. And he ran a cable out to the uh, hallway where the offices are. And parents with young children could watch the service from the hallway. Uh, a few months later, somebody from the congregation donated uh, three cameras and a video mixer. And we started recording. Uh, by 1998, we were starting to send a one-hour VHS tape to Kojiko, and uh, that's how it all began. That's incredible. So back in 1998, when many of us maybe weren't even thinking about having a, a home camcorder of some kind or a video recording device, and maybe even some of us were using beta instead of VHS, um, at that time, right? Because that was a that was a thing. <laughs> you know, you guys were sort of pioneering, cutting edge in terms of of doing visual based video ministry. Um, at, at that time, that's that's really kind of neat. So, you've probably seen a lot of different changes from 1997 all the way to 2021 in terms of video. Um, talk us through a little bit of it. How has it changed? from what it started to what it is today? It, uh, well, it started with VHS. And uh, I suppose after a year or two, uh, Mars Hill Radio got interested in getting a, a broadcast from us. So we started recording onto a, a CD and mailing it to them. Uh, 
And they would show it either one or two weeks or play it one or two late weeks later on Mars Hill. And then uh, Kojiko, I forget what year it was, it's probably around 2000. They uh, wanted us to send it to them by digital video. So we got a mini DV recorder player and started doing it on a digital tape. Uh, in 2015, Kojiko wanted us to go high def. So we converted everything to high definition and had to run some new cables and started, uh, I forget how we sent it to them. I think we had to take over a, a disc, a DVD over to them. And we did it that way for a few years. And now we uh, upload it onto the internet and they pull it from there. So we don't have to go over to their uh, studio anymore. So there's been quite a few changes. Uh, the high definition was a big change. It, a lot of new equipment to, uh, to get and learn how to use. And that's about where we are at the present time. No doubt. Um, it's one of those things like we, it sounds like, you know, we, we started experimenting with it early on and just seeing what we could do and what was possible. And then more and more over time, um, you know, we, we started to get more proficient at it and refine our craft a little bit. And then this big global thing happens and <laughs> we can't even meet together anymore for a season, for a period of time. And video becomes even more essential than probably it has ever been uh, throughout the lifetime of, of, I guess, the global church, because up until then, like the last time a pandemic would have shut down gatherings of some kind was over a hundred years ago and nobody was doing video-based visual ministry. They were doing things like drama and plays and things of that nature. But this video type ministry, I mean, we're, we're talking like it's really new since the invention of television, which is sometime in the sixties, I believe. Um, so talk me through that a little bit, like when that happened and when, when that was, what we were working through, did you feel pressure or a little bit more? Um, yeah, just <laughs> pressure is probably the right word just to, to deliver content when that happened. Or what was your response in that moment? Uh, I did not, I didn't feel pressure. I was, uh, it was a different challenge and I, I actually enjoyed it. Everybody would submit their songs. Some people would record them at home and uh, submit them. And the uh, sermons were recorded most of the time at the church. And uh, it was quite a process to assemble all the elements to make a roughly hour long presentation. Sometimes it'd be 25, 30 different elements goes into making uh, a one hour video. You mentioned yeah, the no. television. I remember getting our first tele television in 1956. Wow. So I was off by a decade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, quite a, it was quite a thing to get a TV. Nobody really understood how it worked and it was quite a novelty. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, you know, things like I, I, I enjoy watching hockey games most often. Sometimes, you know, as a Leafs fan, they're very frustrating. And so <laughs> I take that with a grain of salt. But I enjoy being able to participate in a sporting event that I'm not physically able to be present at. 
Um, and man, it's, it's really changed all like the way we communicate. Um, who would have thought, Phil, that we could do video calls, not just a phone call, but a video call with family and loved ones. Again, another tool that was probably really essential for us uh, during the pandemic when we couldn't as freely uh, go and meet with people or be present in their homes. Or in your case, you had your granddaughter was living internationally. So you probably had to do video based kind of interaction with her. Yes, we did. We, uh, well, we use our phones and use, uh, I forget what the app's called, but anyway, we FaceTime on the telephone and talk to her. And uh, it, it's amazing what we can do. And with Zoom, it's amazing what you can do. I, uh, I enjoy it. I like to keep up with the technology. It gets ahead of me sometimes, but just have to keep plugging away and, and learning the new things. Right now, we're having uh, a little issue with our walkie-talkies, trying to communicate with the uh, people on the cameras. So we're just trying a new app called Zello to see how it works. And it, it seems to be working. So it's always new things to learn. There you go. And that was a little bit of an insider secret there uh, for all of our listeners. If you're not familiar with uh, C-Road and how we function, uh, we started with this one camera, as Phil talked about, way back in 1997. And now we run a five to six camera operation and we use anywhere from two to three individuals on a Sunday morning monitoring those cameras, adjusting angles. We've got a video switcher. Um, in our video booth that's then communicating with these camera people and uh, asking them to adjust a shot or telling them, hey, I'm going to you, so don't adjust your shot. Don't move this. We like what you're doing. We like what you're captivating. And we're doing that because many people are, this is how they check us out. I mean, I, that's the other reality with video stuff, Phil. Um, you know, you mentioned being in retail for many years during your working career and now you're working a lot harder in some regards and respects in video stuff. But even retail shopping has changed in terms of people first go online, uh, many of them, to see what your inventory is before they come into your physical store. Uh, do you think that the same thing happens with uh, people checking out church? Would they, would they look at a video stream maybe potentially before they would come? Uh, yes, I've had comments like that, uh, which is encouraging because it's, you know, when you do all this stuff in cyberspace, you don't know who's watching or how many people are watching. So it's nice to hear some comments and uh, they do check us out online. And if they like what they see, hopefully they'll, they'll come to church. And, you know, Phil, you've got the hardest job because you've got to make guys like me look good. And so there's only certain things that you can do. You know, you're just capturing the content. But uh, you do an incredible job with that. And we're so very thankful. What else about video stuff has really um, kept your interest over the years? You talked about the learning curve and new technology. But why, why did you gravitate towards it in the beginning? Was there something specific that you you saw or you were curious about how did that work for you i was curious about it uh when we first got the mixer and the three cameras uh, fred bone was doing it and i was sort of watching him one day and i, I said that looks interesting and I, I got involved and fred said uh your <laughs> your answer to prayer because i don't think he enjoyed it or really particularly wanted to do it but i came along and was interested and i i really got into it 
And uh, I used to work with uh, two VCRs. So we, we would record the service on a videotape. It would be an hour and 15 minutes and Kojiko wanted an hour. So I had to queue up one VCR and set up the tape for the second one and decide sort of what to put in and what to cut out. It took about uh, three hours or so to make a one hour tape to present to Kojiko. So that was kind of, it was a real, re a real relief when we got a computer to <laughs> cut the workload down to about an hour. The editing was much quicker. No uh, doubt. This worked out a lot better with the computer. No doubt. You were doing editing how maybe some of us were doing like mixtapes back in the day, right? Where you were, <laughs> you were recording uh, from one VHS to another one and, uh, you know, stopping and starting. And so many of us tried to do that. Um, yeah, like making mixtapes. I had a buddy of mine. His name was Scott and he, that's how he started. He's a DJ. That's how he started DJing before all the digital technology came along, just mastering the analog version of that and kind of having fun along the way. But it was a lot more labor intensive than it, than it is right now. Talk about it now a day as you talk three, three hours or so to kind of develop like an hour of content. What does your editing, editing time look like now today? Um, as you submit this to Kojiko, which is our local cable company for anybody who might not be familiar. Um, and anything in terms of like online replay content, what does your editing time look like now to get something produced? If everything goes well during the recording, I'm usually an hour, maybe an hour and 10 minutes. If there's problems, it could be easily two hours. Sometimes I have to uh, color correct some of the cameras. Sometimes I have to uh, boost the audio if somebody was talking particularly low and we didn't catch it. Uh, we send, we still send a one hour broadcast to Marcel Radio. And we also send something to uh, SoundCloud for a podcast. And uh, Kojiko, of course, and we also load up to Vimeo. So I can usually get the editing done within an hour. Sometimes the uploading takes another couple of hours, but I can do that from home. And then just go back in and check every half hour or so and see how the processing is going. So it uh, ties up my day fairly well on Sunday. Man, that's a lot of time. You know, you think you're saving time as technology moves forward, but then you you discover that there's so many other outlets that you can access and upload to. And, and one of the challenges being in a slightly rural setting here at the church is we do not have that high speed, sweet internet. And we're hoping, we're hoping someday soon where it will be uh, eligible to put that in here. And hopefully then, you know, our processing time and upload times will be even that much shorter. Uh, Phil, what would you say to somebody who is curious about video but doesn't know like where to start or even how to get involved here at Sea Road? How would you encourage them? Just come and uh, watch us one day, see what we do. Uh, there's a lot of technology in the video booth, and they might show an interest in the audio portion of it or the video portion or running a camera. 
I just got to jump in and, and start doing it and try it for a, a month or so and see if you enjoy it. If you're interested and wanting to learn more, there's lots we can certainly tell somebody if they're, if they're interested, if they want to come and see us sometime. Be quite happy to do that. And I've witnessed that firsthand, ladies and gentlemen, because Phil is a he's a guy that loves knowledge, but he also loves to share the knowledge that he's acquired. And he is a really great uh, teacher and coach and person that that can help you succeed. And, and I'm really excited because I know that there are uh, folks that are new that are wanting to get involved, whether it is online audio, whether that is facilitating some camera work. Or, or even going a little bit deeper, getting it further into the technology and learning some editing, video switching, and, and the like of that. Uh, Phil, I, one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you on this podcast is because you have been that, um, that quiet servant behind the scenes for years and years and years. And video like sound is one of those things when it's going well, people aren't going to give you accolades, <laughs> but when it's not going well, man, do they ever let you know? Yeah, you hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> so what I wanted to do, and hopefully our listeners are going to agree with me here and do the same is we just want to celebrate you. So for from 1997 through and including 2021 and for Lord willing years to come, you've been an asset that has helped us share the message of Jesus to probably literally thousands of people um, that may not have yet had the opportunity to know about him or need to be reminded about his love, his care, his kindness, uh, the, the plan that he has for them, a hope and a future, uh, the reality of sin, all that good stuff. And without guys like you investing your time, that's not going to be possible. So I just want to say thank you. Well, uh, you're welcome. It's it's very nice to be appreciated, and uh, thank you for the interview for talking to me. Awesome, Phil. Well, give us give us something else. Um, you love the outdoors. Give us your top two bike rides and kayak adventures. What where if somebody's wanting to get outside and it's getting a little bit cooler, but it could be fun to go for a longer bike ride. What would you suggest to them? Would be a great ride for them to try i like going uh, to the west of brockville often i'll take the back roads and make my way to gannon and then come back by the parkway and i find right. often when i'm coming back in the parkway the wind is at my back and that's about when i need it <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a nice ride okay uh, kayaking i really enjoyed i've been on gannon lake a couple of times and I really enjoy that. It's not too big a lake and you can get into some bays and quiet areas. So that's probably my top two that I would, uh, that I would like anyway. I think that's awesome. And now if people want to see turtles, is there a specific place? Um, there is, yeah. If you uh, put in at Lyndhurst and head uh, north towards uh, Lower Beverly Lake, when you get on Lower Beverly, on the, I guess it'd be the west side, there's a big rock that uh, gradually goes into the water. And on a hot day, you might see 50 turtles on that rock. 
But if wow. you get too close, they all scoot into the water and it sounds like a bunch of rocks going into the water, rolling down the rock, little rocks rolling down a big rock. It's quite a sight. Wow. I imagine that would be really not just a sight, but a sound to hear for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, Phil, I also know that you do some video work as a hobby on the side in terms of you actually have some footage of um, rides, kayak adventures. If, if people were to want to check some of that out, how could they find you on YouTube? Just my name, Phil Brennan. And uh, there's three or four Phil Brennans. My picture's on there. And I, when I type it in, I come up at the top of the list. I don't know what happens when somebody else types it in. But then I have uh, playlists on YouTube for kayaks, mountain, mountain biking, and a few other things. A lot of, a lot of uh, videos of Brockville Braves. Yeah. So that's Phil Brennan, P-H-I-L. Last name is B-R-E-N-N-A-N. So make sure that you type it in correctly so you're looking for the right guy. And I've seen some of the stuff on there. It's really incredible being new to the Thousand Islands region. It gives you some ideas of places that you could go, uh, things that maybe you'd not even thought about, areas that are really cool to discover. And Phil's got a great eye just to capture some of that stuff. Uh, one of my favorite moments with Phil is he and I were doing some recording during the pandemic. We were outside and we uh, did the what we call the Black & Decker Trails here in Brockville and there were bugs crawling all over me and mosquitoes and I think Phil just had this smirk on his face the whole time as he's watching me have to talk to a camera and not swat things all around me and he kept us cool and man it was a lot of fun just to share that moment in memory with him and so many others along the way. Uh, Phil, one last thing, um, what is your favorite restaurant in the area? I probably go to the mill the most often. It's uh, just down by the river. I enjoy that restaurant. Right on. It's got good Italian food. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, my wife really likes that. I'm more of a meat and potato sort of guy, but Debbie, Debbie really likes the uh, Italian passes and stuff. There you go. If you haven't checked out the mill, Check it out and think of my buddy, Phil. Phil, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Jason. I appreciate you uh, calling. Awesome. Well, enjoy, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Share this, like this, and if you want to get involved and learn more, just like Phil did all those years ago about video ministry and how you can get involved and connected and partner with what God is doing through digital means, just reach out because we'd love to hear from you. Jason at centennialroad.com. God bless. Have a great day.